What's up, everybody? It's your boy Kev, and you're now tuned in to the Hey Now Podcast, a conversation with a bunch of nobodies, episode two. Hey Now. What's up, everybody? You're now tuned in to the Hey Now Podcast, a conversation with a bunch of nobodies, episode two. First off, I want to say thank you for tuning in to the second episode of the Hey Now Podcast. Um, just like the first episode, you know, the second episode is going to be interesting, you know. Um, that's how we do it on this side. You know, we're going to talk about the UFC. You know, we're going to talk about Conor McGregor's action. Um, we're going to talk about LeBron James. You know, we're going we're gonna to see if he's going to be gassed, you know, or, you know, or he's going to get the job done. We're going to talk about OKC, um, Russell Westbrook, Melo, Paul George, you know, will they gel in the playoffs? Um, and we also going to get into our special guest, man. We got Chris Chris Brickley, man, a.k.a. C. Brick, um, who I think is a very dope trainer, man. He's really changing the, the whole training culture around, man. And he got a lot of dope things on the way, man. And, um, yeah, man, we're going to chop it. So let's get to talking. Shout out to Fame NYC. Shout out to Ike. Shout out to Drew. Hey now. I'm chilling. I'm ready. Like fish and spaghetti. What's up, everybody? It's your boy Kev, and you're now tuned in to the Hey Now podcast. A conversation with a bunch of nobodies. Episode two. Uh, episode two, man. Uh, I'm just glad we got episode one out the way. Um, it was interesting, episode one. But uh, episode two, uh, we got my man uh, Chris Brickley, aka C Brick. Um, he came, he came down. Uh, we gonna have some some interesting combos. I got Gabby to the right. You know how I do. I'm always here. Brother Jennings to my far right. Peace, beloved. All right, so uh, let's get into it, man. First up, we gonna talk about uh, Conor McGregor. <laughs> we gonna talk about his actions uh, with the UFC. I don't know. Uh, you guys are, are familiar with what happened, but Connor decided to take a plane um, from Ireland to Brooklyn <laughs> uh, to the UFC uh, where they was having a promo, and he decided to throw a dolly across the team bus. Uh, the reason why is because uh, one of the one of the fighters on the bus basically rolled up on his man. McGregor got a hold of that. He ain't like that. So this happened that. in the States or? In, the, in Brooklyn. It happened actually in L.A. Okay. Oh, yeah. And uh, they met in New York. He took the flight down there and uh, and he held it down. He got a lot of miles. So uh, my question is, uh, is this was this marketing? Do you think it's a, a marketing to, to sell his fight or or he gangster? What you think about that shit, Greg? You think it's marketing? You think he's trying to... 
What did you think he was trying to do with that? That's a good question. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's a form of marketing. It worked. Any, whether it's negative press or positive press, it's still press. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't really follow it too much. But you don't even follow McGregor like that? Not too much, nah. I think. I think he called Mayweather. Called him. Told them to do something crazy so they could get another billion dollar fight going on. I think that's what happened. So you think this was a setup? I think this was a setup. I think Mayweather heard cha-ching in his ear and he's like, let me call this fool. He'd do anything for a couple dollars. That's, that, that's an interesting <coughs> take. That's an interesting take. Jennings? Uh, it's irresponsible. I appreciated every bit of it. <laughs> um, the UFC to me, like, I appreciate the art, but... It has that WWE component to it in terms of, like, the showmanship, the trash talk, and sometimes it doesn't seem real. So, and I think if he did have an actual problem, he dealt with it in the way he said he was going to deal with it. We live in this hold me back era where, like, you got athletes that get into each other's face, but nobody's really going to do anything. So he actually did something. And, you know, he was trending top three on all social media platforms for like the last three days. The marketing now, worked. Now, so. would, would that be the same thing if it would have been a black UFC athlete? Oh, a black boxer, black fighter, he would have got shot inside the arena. Yeah. Okay. So it's, a little, so it's a little different. Yeah, it's a little different. So but he, get away with, he gets away with murder in a sense. I mean, attempted murder at least, yeah, he got away with it. <laughs> He got, bail was only 50K. You only put 10% down. I mean, the type of press he got, I thought it was worth it. All right, so uh, let's move things around. Uh, Seabrick, last night you was at the game. You got a chance to watch the GOAT, LeBron James, uh, play uh, the Knicks. Uh, Ike's Knicks. You Knicks fan, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Unfortunately. That's sad, but. So now, uh, (laughs) now, you seen LeBron play last night, and uh, you saw him play against Philly, um, even when they lost when he had 41. Yeah. Do you think, uh, do you guys think LeBron will get gassed at some point? You know, he's coming tomorrow, officially make 81 games he played in full yeah. season. Nah, do I don't think so. Gassed? Nah, I mean, if you everything you read about him, he, what, he puts in a million dollars to his body a year. Like, he's a whole different type of professional. So I think he's just going to be good. For example, in the summer, we, we do 11 a.m., like runs and where at uh, at on forty second eleventh at the sky across the street from my job yeah so it was it was uh cool so LeBron came and uh, normally guys get there like at ten thirty ten forty five he got there at eight thirty in the morning and he lifted for like an hour he was there by himself I got there like at nine thirty thinking like I'm gonna be I'm an hour and a half early he was there working so I, he was like the hardest worker all summer that came in one day and just. Uh, we were like, wow, this guy's about his business. So, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I think he's going to be good, and I think he'll I think they'll make a good playoff run, for sure. I just got one word, GOAT. Um, that's all I got to say about that. So, see, Rick, since you're privy to a different level of insight, do yeah. you have them coming out the East? Yeah, yeah. When it comes to the East, yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, the Celtics, the Kyrie thing, I heard, and then mm-hmm. – um, Toronto, they always get to the playoffs and they they always have really good regular seasons and then mm-hmm. the playoffs come and they just don't get it done. You know, Philly, um, they're too young, no Joel and B. 
he might, he's going to come back, but that's still you need to hold. There's no cohesion there. So I mean, yeah, I think they're going to come out. I thought they won't win it though. Excuse me, see break. What, they won't win it? No. So so who who you think is going to win? It? I think OKC is going to win it. Man, I, we, I, I would love that. We have a good talk with OKC. We can have a, a great talk. I think I think Golden City, Houston will win. The, guaranteed, the West is going to win. You think uh, Houston will take it, even though they just have James Hardy and CP3? Yeah, but they have good, they have a good surrounding cast. They got they the, the shoot shooters. That ball. The system that they play is really good. They've been consistent all year. Golden State has injuries too. But we also have James Harden, who's also been kind of shaky during yes, the playoffs. Yes, he's he's done a few. <coughs> he's had a few playoffs where he didn't play that well. So you think with CP3? With him, you think it easy, makes yeah, because he, he, yeah, he kind of he doesn't have to handle the ball that much for sure. And CP is such a good leader that he makes James play hard. That's a good, you know, that's what the greats do. Mm. I still want OKC though, yeah, Melo. Yeah. That's that'd, my that'd guy. Be nice. That'd be nice, but I don't see it happening. Um, see, Rick, I know you deal with uh, with a lot of like high school players as well. Yeah, uh, recently, uh, Darius Baisley, yeah. Uh, top uh, 10 nationally ranked, I think, power forward. 2019. Uh, he was supposed to go to Syracuse. Okay. He committed. Yeah. Um, and he's now going uh, to the G League. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, as you know, you know, the high, unless you have a two-way deal, yeah. the highest you make in the G League is 25000 For sure. But with him, it's kind of, I found it interesting because he will actually be able to make more of endorsement. Yeah. Now, do you think that's something that, is going to be more ideal or should players that are trying to go down that avenue just go overseas and uh i think then i think they're gonna have to make the d-league they're gonna have to change the pay eventually they're gonna have to they should pay him like 50 60 70. that would eliminate a lot of guys from going overseas um but the endorsement thing could work but i don't know his following or all that stuff because that's huge with the endorsements but he's definitely taking a risk because the thing about the g-league is you can score 25 a game and still go unnoticed because it's just a different form of basketball. Mm -hmm. People don't realize that. Or you could be in the league and go down and not really do much and no one really cares. The G League structure needs to change. Uh, but it, it, he's testing to trying something different. We'll see if it works. That's an interesting take. Yeah. Yeah, what's, your, what's your take on that, Jimmy? I mean, about that? anything that hurts the NCAA, I support. Um... <laughs> I hope, you know, in the new collecting, collective bargaining agreement, they yeah. make some changes to get these kids more money. Um, I'm rooting for it to work for him. That way, more of the top 25, top 40 kids say, you know what? Forget the NCAA. Yeah. I'm going to try Take the G League. Yeah. And yeah. I think it puts more pressure on the NBA for them to change the rules around again. For sure. Cause, I know, think the pressure is on now. 100%. The heat is on? But yeah, they're, the they're going to change the pay, though. They, they came you out think that, so? Yeah, for sure. They, they, Melo is actually in the MBPA. One of Melo's positions is he's in charge. He's on the board. Yeah, for the yeah. D League. For the G League. I say D League. I'm st I still say that they shouldn't have changed it to G League. G League, right? The Gatorade, the Gatorade bag was too like, was big. It was. It was. I wonder if Gatorade imagine <laughs> imagine all the top players going to the g league and the nba making way more money with the g league also that's like another source of income for the nba basically yeah they should, if they should all the best players well. basically for sure because it's, uh, it's tough man if you're not especially being so young and then trying to go overseas you know some people can do it but uh 
Every, everybody ain't about that life. Yeah, the gym, and then they, they, they travel. They'll be they 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 travel like a like a D two or low D one. They don't fly no, private they everywhere. Travel more like a D three, brother. It's rough, Coach but it's you see all these cool stories. There's a there's a story that just came out with the Lakers. The guy played ten, ten years, years in the G. G. He was old. And Magic thirty two years old. And they just called him up. And Magic yes. Johnson's a good dude, so he's like, I'm gonna give this guy a chance after ten years straight in the G League. Bring that up too. So he so made, he, he was making twenty five k for ten years for ten, for 10 years, years, and he was just just playing. And wow. he, I don't know his numbers. I don't know anything. And they wanted to do something stay, nice. I feel I like. Stay, stay. So you get a ten days like sixty five thousand. Uh, oh, percent. Oh, really? Yeah. So he can who? Mike. He worked. He worked in the G League. Is he? Can he? He lets it fly. I gotta, I gotta look up one of them. But like yeah, 32. man, that, that's definitely is a. It's that's a beautiful thing. He he stayed with it. You know, a lot of people could have said. Yeah, perseverance. Andre Ingram. Yeah, 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 that's it. 47.5% of the three. Damn, that's good. So he could do... That's good, anyway. He makes like three years' salary in 10 days. That's what 10 days. For the final two games, they signed him. That's wild, bro. <laughs> 75, yeah. He, he's good for the summer. Yeah, he's chilling. Now, uh... <laughs> and he look like he know how to waste his money, so that oh, might last him a little guys, while. Yeah, he has to be good. 25 Kato's? Yeah, it's only like man. five, six months. But also, we don't know so what like, he does on the side. He got businesses, investments. Got, day, he got, looks like a smart guy. I, I respect that, you know. He, he stuck with it, you know, no matter what. Yeah. Uh, next, uh, let's talk about OKC, man. Uh, you guys think this OKC makes the playoffs? Yes. They already in they the clinched. playoffs. They, they clinched. clinched. Yeah. You know I'm a Melo fan, so you know what I'm going to say. They're going to take the championship and they sweep in the whole thing. Now, do you guys think that, uh, that they will go far? Or no. Do you think, um, I think Westbrook's demanding of the ball will not allow them to, to really uh, succeed or move past? I think they're going to change the style of play when the playoffs come. I think when their backs are against the wall, they're, they're not going to do something that isn't working. So I think they're going to change the style of play. Um, and I think once that happens, they're going to be really, really good. I agree. So they'll have the eighth, the eighth spot. No, they have the fifth. No, the sixth. They play against Utah. Play against Utah. That's tough. Four, five, mm-hmm. fifth, so fifth, now, fifth. Let me ask you, do you, uh, and I think he's almost, Westbrook is almost on the verge of having his second year. 16 rebounds uh, away. Having a triple-double. Triple now, do you think um, Westbrook is just more about now getting triple-doubles or Westbrook is? I think he's about winning. I think he has that, that, that Michael Jordan thing that, you know, it's, sometimes these great, great guys, they just want to take things into their own hands. So I just I don't think it's a selfish thing. I just think he's, I'm, I'm going to try and grab every rebound. I'm going to try and score every point, and I'm going to try and set up my team as best as I can by giving them an assist. So I don't even think it has anything to do with, like, a teammate thing. I just think he's just, he's a beast. And OKC is 20-5 and five this year when he has a triple-double. So it's something that's working. Wow. That's a, that's, a, that's a cool stat. Good job, guys. Yeah, good job. Oh, uh, <laughs> Now, does Paul George leave? Does yeah. Paul George leave? I think if they make a playoff run and they get a little buzz going, like, okay, that, we respect that. C-Brit. I think he'll stay. C-Brit. I think he'll stay. Right. If they go to the Western Conference Finals, he'll Paul stay. George is going to L.A. Nah, it's not a there guarantee. Is nothing, no, sorry, there is nothing okay to Paul George, is, he, he, he's a superstar. He need, he need the sun, man. He in He's gone, man. I don't know. It depends gone. on the playoffs. He's going to make he, more money over there, more endorsement in L.A. 
He's from LA. I think it has to do with the playoffs. How far they get? They lose in the first round. I can guarantee you. He he's leaving. I, I think he leaves regardless. I, you've probably been to Oklahoma. I've been there. Yeah. It's actually. I'm gonna stick up for it. I actually. It's kind of cool. Cool. Melo has a dope crib, and you know when it's cool. I, I don't mind it. There's some food places, and yeah, I like it. I wish I was like you guys. I don't see me nowhere else but New York City. Yeah, no, I'm going to live in New York for the rest of my life. Uh, I go visit everywhere, but I'm staying right here. Yeah. There's no reason to go to Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, also, Seabrick, you mentioned that um, you thought that the Warriors was going was gonna to take it. Um, but do you feel they're a little bit, that they've been a little bit complacent this year? Yeah, and I think injuries have done that. So I don't even know if they've been complacent, but that someone's always out. Steph's out, KD's out. You know, they're coming off of finals. They know when they do turn it on how good they can be. So, you know, we'll see. But uh, when they're healthy and they have their entire lineup out there with Clay and Draymond and Katie and Steph, you can't beat them. Not in a seven-game series. They're too, they're but too Steph bad. won't be there the first round. That's going to be tough. Yeah, they're saying um, that Steph might be out up until the second round. Um, that's and I think tough. when he came back in the second round, when he was hurt, that's, I think that's when Cleveland won it, actually. Now, do you think this uh, injury is going to play? Of course, it's going to play a toll on his rhythm. But do you think uh, think he's going to be all right? Yeah, I think so. I think he's he's professional enough to know in the way these medical staffs are in the league. Especially he's probably one hundred percent now. He's probably like ninety percent. They're not letting you play until you're one hundred percent ready to go. So he's going to be good. He won't miss a step. He's too talented. You said they're not letting you unless you're 100. Yeah, percent I heard yeah. Kawhi Leonard. I heard, I heard he's a. I heard he's been Kawhi has been 100. percent Yeah, I mean he probably got his own issues over there. Yeah, that's my man. He, I don't know what what the deal is. They probably I want him to come to the Knicks. I can say that. Say that again. I want him to come to the Knicks. Jesus Christ. Kawhi Leonard Knicks. Why, why would you want that, man? Him and Kristaps. You think so? That they think that would be good? He's because he, he. I mean that that's been the rumors that he's gonna get out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I cool. Think, I and so, why not come to New York? He likes New York. He, you know. I think San Antonio don't want to change their old ways, and Kawhi Leonard is not trying to hear that right now. Yeah. What do you think about players um, getting second opinions, taking their injury situations into their Some own hands? Some organizations need to do that because their medical staffs are trash. Rather Some medical than- staffs, though. They're really, really good, and mm-hmm. people respect them. Like, the Knicks have a great medical staff. They do. But then you hear these other teams with these guys, they get diagnosed with the wrong injuries. And then they play when they have, like, a broken foot, and then it comes out that they've been playing. And then they're out for another, an extra year. Like, so that's some medical staffs that are bad. So do you feel at times, I mean, I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but do you feel at times owners or general managers will talk to the – Medical now, staff that, and say, you know, you know that I wouldn't. He's eighty percent, but we gonna tell him he's ninety percent. Yeah, we, we need live, him. We, live in a world we need to sell these tickets. We live in a crooked world. That happens everywhere. So, but I, I mean, I don't know any examples. No, I, I wouldn't ask you that. But thing to think of, but just asking you, what do you think? Nothing phases me at this point. You can't say anything that surprises me. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, Kyrie's injury. You think that's uh, you think that sucks his karma? Hell yes, it's Celtics coming. Yeah. Isaiah, uh, Fuck Isaiah, Isaiah, man, I'm a big, I, I'm a big IT guy. Me so. too. He's lefty and he's short, yeah, so, so I like him. So I'm a man. Uh, he actually got weight on. And the way they did him was just messed up. You know, he he brought the Celtics organization back up, and then they uh, trade him. And you know, so maybe it could be Gordon gets hurt and Kyrie gets hurt. Yeah, we could call it karma. 
Karma. Yeah. Yeah. You're uh, you're from Boston. How you feel about that? I, I I don't like. I don't know him personally. I don't. In business, there should be some level of ethics. I don't like how he runs his business. They knew the guy was hurt since February. They wanted that number one seed. You know, they let him run himself into the ground, and then when they realized he was a lot more damaged than they anticipated, then, you know, they dumped him. Yeah. So there's a, you know, and with him playing after his sister passed, I was uncomfortable watching that. Um, Regardless how much money somebody makes, you're human first. And he doesn't even make that much money. Yeah. So to do all that, knowing what he had gone through, and... You know, sacrifice his body for the franchise, which I don't ever think players should do that. You know, you reap what you sow. So, nothing against Kyrie. I like Kyrie. I like uh, Haywood. But, I, you know, they got caught in that karma crossfire. You know? For sure. Um, I got another question. Do you think Westbrook going for them 16 rebounds tomorrow? Speak up. up. Yeah. Yeah, man. Why not? You're making history. You're making history. Exactly. Right? Two straight years. You're making history. Why you, not? You I'm, think if I'm him, I'm trying to get grab every rebound. I think Melo just said something in the media like an hour ago, saying how tomorrow night he's gonna be stealing ask. everybody's rebounds. Yeah. It's funny. That's what I was gonna ask next. I guess you asked yeah. it. There. Yeah. You think his teammates are gonna go with it? I think his teammates For are gonna sure. have they fun with him it. And everyone respects. And it's against the Memphis Grizzlies. I mean. Oh, it's against the Grizzlies. Yeah. He might have 50, 40, and thirty. <laughs> <laughs> um. I don't so, doubt it. Uh, in the summertime, I know uh, he came down and he played. He pickup. did. Does he play he the same? A bunch of times. Does he play the same? Same way. If he walks into the gym, get ready. When normal people, when dudes walk into the gym, everyone daps him up. Me- even Mello, you know, dap him up. When, when Russ walks into the gym, no one even looks at him because they're scared of him. Sure. So I think that was how like I built my relationship with him because he walked into the gym. I look at all the players and they're like, they would, they're just everyone's scared of him. I just went up to him. I'm just talking, being myself. Like I'm the only person in there talking to him. So I, I think we built a pretty cool relationship off that. Um, but yeah, no one. Then when the game starts, he plays as hard. It's like a real, like a real game. He plays that hard. He had the dunk of the year, dunk of the summer. First, first play of the first day. He I blew seen by that Chris Paul and like I remember that. Head at the rim, dunked it. Yeah, he played good. He was probably one of the best players in the summer. So he gets there. He starts yelling. He starts doing everything he does on TV. He Same stuff. And no, and no one, and no one talks to him. He'll be there for two hours playing, and then he leaves, and no one will talk to him because they're so <laughs> scared. He's so intimidating. I mean, even on the court, you can tell just by the way he's yeah. aggr- he's, he's just aggressive. Like everything he does is aggressive. Yeah. He doesn't do nothing soft. Everything he does is just aggressive. He's a beast. He, he, to, to me, this is to me. He he's up there with what I understand the team thing. But why can't he be MVP? He is a this year guy. I'm just telling. I know politics. I understand that he won't be, but if you look at game for game, what they did, why why can't he be? You know, there's no reason why. A guy average averaging a triple double. What? Especially when That's they went on MVP that streak. Work? That is, that is, that is. But people now, don't say it though. So now we, since you said about MVP work, do you think LeBron James is doing MVP work? James, I, I think always. James Harden's getting it. But yeah, LeBron's doing MVP work. James is gonna get it though for sure.
What's up, everybody? We back. Fame NYC, Washington Heights. Uh, we got my boy C Brick here. Uh, Gabby to my right, brother Jennings. Uh, so now we're gonna get into our guest, man, um, C Brick, and um, just want just tell people, you know, a little bit about you. what do you what do C Brick do? Yeah, so I mean, I'm uh, I train a bunch of NBA players. Um, the journey's been long. A lot of people they think it was like an overnight success because I was I was with the Knicks for five years. Um, but it hasn't been. So I uh, graduated in like 2011 from the University of Louisville. Played at the University of Louisville under Coach Patino. That was dope. Um, I was top 100 player coming out of high school, and then uh, I was actually behind Edgar Sosa. Edgar Sosa was my roommate in college. That's my guy. You know, I still think he should be in the league. So after college, I was the youngest yeah, assistant in the uh, in all Division One for like uh, two years. So I was the youngest Division One assistant in America. That was cool, but I still wasn't making any money. Like, literally no money. After taxes, you see like 15000 But I was living. I was in New York City just trying to grind it out, doing workouts for $10. I never, I've never said it, ever said that. But I would wake up, I would take the train, come to Manhattan College, have like four guys, and there'd be $10 workouts. But it was like some good guys, though. Um, Edgar Sosa was the first one to give me a chance. Then I got to like Alan Ray, <coughs> Corey Fisher, a bunch of local kids, Andre Barrett. Um, Thanks to you know Cash, one of my close friends, who put me on with all these guys, and then next thing you know, I start working Jared Smith out, and then I get the job with the Knicks, and then I become Melo's guy, and then when you're Melo's guy, he's so respected that you start getting everyone. And then last summer, I had you know James Harden, Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, you know Devin Booker, Melo, Joel Embiid, the list goes on and on. So yeah, now I'm just building the business. So. Now, um. How was it when you first like worked with uh with Melo? Was you kind of like, if I show Melo this, sure. was you a little hesitant? For sure, I grew up. That was my favorite player in high school and college. I, literally, I had posters of him. I was obsessed with him. And I, when in high school, you had to fill out a questionnaire. Junior year in high school, it says favorite NBA player or Camelo Anthony. I didn't even know him, but I, I just manifested it, man. I, I, to get into where I got to, and then worked out Melo. And at first, yeah, I'm like, he's listening to me and how to get better at basketball. It's like, this doesn't make sense. But then you just get confidence, you become real cool off the court, and that makes it easier to go on the court and start teaching them. Now, do you think because because you play assistant coach, you know, um, you do you think that helps you out, you know, with the NBA players, like, it helps you to connect? Yeah, for sure, because I'm not just like some random, yeah, you know, I, I played, for, to get your foot in the door, yeah, they respected me because I played at Louisville and everything, but now, they don't even, half the guys I work out, they might not even know. I went to Louisville, but they just know, oh, he's Melo's guy, CJ McCollum's guy, Donovan Mitchell's guy, D'Angelo Russell, Tim Hardaway. So they're like, I, I, I need to listen to him. So it's, it's a blessing. It's not going to last forever. So that's why I'm you know, trying to build a business and just have it be the best basketball business in the country, in the world, actually. Um, you said uh, build a business. What other businesses, what other components? Yeah, so Black Ops. It's called Black Ops Basketball. You know, um, a few people are in it. You know, me and Melo started, mm -hmm. and now we're just kind of building it where it's going to be the most elite training in the world where we train, you know, the best NBA players. We also train the best college players. We also train the best high school players, and we train, train the best international players. Okay. And then through that, we start doing camps and clinics, and it's just like a brand of basketball that everyone wants to be a part of. Like, a, you know, Black Ops has, like, an exclusive type name, so we just want to just take over the game. Nice. Do you got anything going on outside of basketball? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I own Colorblind. It's, it's, you know, it's a dope clothing brand. You know, Khloe Kardashian and 
Fab and you know everyone, uh, everyone, every NBA player wears it. And it's dope. So you know it represents just everything. That when Donald Trump got out, uh, he, he became president, I started. I'm like, man, this guy. So I'm colorblind. Just you know, you don't see a color in everyone. Everyone's the same color type of stuff. Just you treat people equal. All, just treating people the right way. You know, Equality. if you're a good person, then I respect you. You're a good person. If you're not, then okay, I won't respect you. But it shouldn't be off of someone's appearance. That's just not how life works to me. So that was how I made the company, and now it's huge. We got a Nike collab coming out, Vans collab, and you know we're moving slow, but it's gonna be big. Nice, 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 um, nice. The undefeated did an article, A yeah. Day in the Life of C. Brickley. Mm -hmm. They called you the most sought out influencer in the NBA. How do you feel about that? What does that mean to you? I think it's true. I think it's true. Uh, I, I respect that. And it's not, you know, me being. Feeling. You so work I for just, this. I, yeah, I work for eight, ten years, and at the end of the day, I know if I get on my phone and go through my DMs, and any basketball player in the world, if I DM them, they're gonna respect me enough to hit me back. So that you know, for sure. I respect that. Good article, cool. by the way. Thanks. Um, do sometimes you feel no? How do you feel when uh when you see one of the players that you train? The training that you've done, you know, oh, translate into uh, actual games. Like, that's, how does that make you feel? Yeah, it's the best feeling in the world as a trainer, you know, because you know you put in so many hours, and then people don't realize they think it's just gonna be fun every workout because it's a, with a big name guy. But at the end of the day, it's a job. You wake up and you do it, and you sometimes you just like, just you, you don't appreciate it as much. So then when you watch the guy go out and do what you worked on, you really appreciate it. So it's dope. I wanted to ask you something else. Um, a lot of us, like me and Kev, we work with young people. We're in education, and most kids, you know, all have aspirations For sure. of playing pro sports. And, you know, we have these conversations with guys all the time, and we tell them, you know, there's only 450 jobs. Mm -hmm. I'm not a dream killer, yeah. but just know there's only 450 jobs. Mm -hmm. So being a guy who was top 100, you played at, you know, a high major, mm -hmm. um... Did you always have aspirations to segue into another part of the game if you didn't first go pro? First, it was coaching. So okay. first, you know, I realized I was going to make the NBA, so through Coach Patino, I was going to be a coach. I was like, I'm locked in. I'm going to live in 100 different cities, just be a coach. And I was like, <coughs> the coach's life. How was that experience? I didn't like it just because. Hard work. It's just, yeah, it's, it's not necessarily just the hard work, but you have no stability, and you're in the subway. It's like a messed up system with all the grades and how you have to pay to get players and it's like what am I doing I'm getting the salary I'm spending it all on getting a player and I didn't want to do all that so I just luckily I got into training and then uh, yeah it's been it's been I never thought I was going to be like, working out every NBA all -star. when did you when did it hit you like like oh well, has it uh, yeah I tried just to always you know live in the moment not think about what, what I just did I try and think of what's next I like, gotta I, be that I'm one never time. happy like now you read everything. That's not the way to be. No, I'm all, I'm a very happy person. But I'm never like I did this this. My right now I'm thinking about like oh, I need to get this. I need to get this top high school player. I need to get this top college player. I need to hit up this player. I'm thinking that right right now, and because like I just want to keep it going. Like I don't want it to be a like a one hit wonder. You could call it. Cause like like what you said, it's not gonna last long. It isn't. So I'm trying to work. I'm trying. To, I'm trying to make it last long. So, um, another question. 
are there former trainers like I'm not gonna say former, but older like you know the Tim Grovers yeah, and the Rob McClanahan. Yeah, uh, did did you ever draw any inspiration from them no. to incorporate? So no. everything is just fresh. Yeah, Seabrook special. Yeah, I don't look up to another trainer. Okay, because uh, I just at the end of the day, you just get to know the player. You study his game. What can he do? What can he do? All right, let's work on what he can't do, and let's work mm-hmm. on what he can do, and let's talk to his team and see what his team wants him to do, and and then I'm just gonna be myself. Okay, fair um, enough. I respect. See, Brick, you had a chance to uh, to be coached by Rick Pitino and also work under Phil Jackson. Yeah. How was that? Uh, it's crazy. Eh? How was that experience? Yeah. Uh, you know, there's one thing I regret. This is gonna sound crazy, but I was with Coach P for three years. I was with Phil for like three years. Two or three years, and I never got a picture with them. I'm like, man, when I get older, I want to. I, I should have got a picture with these two legendary coaches that like mentored me. Because that is it. Not many people can say that they were mentored by a college Hall of Famer and an NBA Hall of Famer. So that's like, that's pretty cool. And I don't even like talk about it. Like most people probably don't even put the two together. But yeah, it's dope. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, <clears throat> Let's talk about another player that you was able to, to train on uh, this summer, Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. Uh, now, did you expect for him uh, to kind of like blossom the way he's blossoming right now for, um, for the Jazz? Yeah, this summer he was playing so good in open runs and all the guys like Melo would be like, man, he's going to be nice. JR would be like, all the players would be like, he's nice. But you don't think someone's going to score 20 points a game as a rookie. Yeah, that's <coughs> like only a few players have done that. He didn't. He just broke Melo's record. Uh, most 30-point games as a rookie. Uh, he, he's breaking all types of scoring records. He's a local kid, too. He's from, uh, like, the White Plains area. Yeah, yeah. He's going to be living here in the summer. We're going to be training, getting him better, trying to make him an all-star. That's the goal. That's the goal. Um, now, with the summer uh, the summer pickup games that you had uh, yeah. this past summer, did you feel... In a, in a sense, kind of like weird, like being like seeing all those. Like, yeah, for like, you get a little starstruck when I see like when LeBron and Melo and KD were in the same game. I'm like wow, and then then you see Chris Paul, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Melo in the same game with all, with like a bunch of other really good players, Kenneth Fareed and D'Angelo That's Russell, great. Tim Hardaway, Kelly Oubre, and jo- Joe Kim Noah, whatever. And you're like wow, like this is pretty cool. That's Don crazy. And then you just, it's just crazy, man. It's you, it, but then you get used to it. Like any other job, yeah. you're After like a while, you, got... you you don't appreciate it, and that's that's something that I'm trying to like teach myself to appreciate everything. For sure. Is there a cutoff date where you don't want to be doing the one-on-one training anymore in terms of your? Yeah, like, I'm, I'm still young, so okay. I'm I'm uh, that's what you know. It's good money, and I love working on NBA mm-hmm. players and. Making it and seeing him, you know, score twenty points a game—that's the best feeling in the world. So I'm, I'm gonna do that till my legs fall off. Okay. Uh, I gotta pay the bills, baby. <clears throat> do you see yourself uh, making your way back to the NBA at some point, or are you like? I could, but right now, with the I'm, I've been blessed through the social media world that like I'm getting endorsements, and the Knicks could or an NBA team—they could never pay me what I'm making now. So I'm just gonna keep running this wave. Eventually, if it and dies you down, I'll try and go back. Get him where you fit in, baby. Get him where you fit in. Yeah. Now, um, you said you work with D'Angelo Russell. I know his uh, has actually been playing 
well with the Brooklyn Nets this year. Yeah, yes. Like, are you happy, like, to see him, like, like his career, like, get back up after all the stuff that happened in L.A. and For sure. doubting him? Because no. I actually liked him when he was in college. I always thought he was going to be like, He's always been. Player. I like all lefties. If you are lefty. He's slick. I always thought he was good. My so, first favorite player was Damon Stoudemire. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so D'Angelo's thing, he averaged 14 points a game as a rookie, I think 15 points a game in second year. He's always been so productive. But he comes to Brooklyn, now he's the franchise player. He's, now he's had a triple-double. He's going to be good. They just need to get some surrounding pieces. And, you know, I think he'd be an all-star. Hopefully somebody want to go to Brooklyn. Yeah, but that's that's the thing. You need to, they need to sign him, you know, they should long sign term. him for be a, a long-term deal so they can start attracting some players. Gabby? I know everything I got to know. I'm good. Oh, I want to talk about something different with you, man. Uh, you're probably, like, one of the only trainers that I've seen that's basically covered with ink. Yeah. Now, usually that makes people uncomfortable. For sure. You know? that's Especially some people that in the workplace because, mind you, you work in the, in the NBA. For sure. You work for the, uh, for the Knicks, and you wasn't a player, you know? So I'd wear a long sleeve to work every day, though. When I was with the Knicks, I hit it. But then I started getting my legs, and then I'm wearing spandex, full tights every day. So I'm like, damn, I have to wear the whole outfit every day just to hide the tattoos. So they couldn't, you couldn't. I just didn't. I knew they judge any any business, corporate yeah, America. Right. They're gonna look at the tattoos and say, you're absolutely right. So I just so every what day, because that was that was just like the work me, the corporate work me. But that's not that's not the most successful me like as a person. So when I left work. I was me, so I'd get tattoos, and I would live my life. And I think that's why I've been so successful, because I've always been me. And then uh, once I started getting some success, I was like, yo, I'm just going to show my tattoos. If you don't like it, oh, cool. I'm still going to work out where I'm working. I'm still going to do what I'm doing. Because so, the people you work with have tattoos, too. For sure. Some people, I know some older coaches, they don't like it. But, you know, times change. They'll yeah. be fine. So uh, with you, is more of doing what C-Brick is for what's well, right for C-Brick, not what anybody For sure, yeah. You know, yeah, try to, yeah, try and you know, stay away from like, just as long as, C.J. McCollum told me one time, he's like, man, as long as you just know what you're talking about and you stay doing, you know, for being focused, show up to the workouts on time and just keep doing what you're doing, you can do this for 10 years. So that's what I'm trying to do. How has that uh, relationship with uh, C.J. been? Um, he, he's playing all-star basketball. I remember watching him, uh, damn. I actually got to watch him play. That means he's doing your time. job. Yeah. And um, <laughs> and like he was different, man. He kind of, he really reminded me of Damon Leonard, you know? Yeah. Small school and just killers. Yes, average like four points as a rookie, then I got to like 18, then I got to 20, now it's at 22. Man, now he he's making 120 mil. Like 120. Then he has like a hundred million dollar sneaker deal. He's a lot good, of, man. A lot of point guards come from small schools. Yeah, they do. You, you mentioned sneakers, we're in the sneakers store. Yeah. Um, you're a sneakerhead. Yeah, for sure, for nah, sure. But you got flames, though. I like that. You yeah, you just not one particular. Yeah. Sneaker person. My favorite sneaker. Uh, Vans. Of all time. Uh, right now I'm on my Van wave. <laughs> but uh, no, nah, I've. Dirty ones too. You gotta keep them dirty. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out. There's a bunch of sneaker companies. I like the off white shoes. That you know, those are cool. Yeezys are cool. Um. Yeah, but I'm all about Vans right now. But yeah, uh, I'm trying to figure out if I want to sign with the same company or not. So I'm trying to figure it out. What are the pros for you in terms of the signing? Money. 
<laughs> oh, what are the cons? Cha-ching. As far as signing? Yeah. Then signing you probably work. get a lot of money, but then it gets tricky because I don't know if I can like work out an Adidas guy if I'm signing with Nike. or So then I'm like, I'm just going to keep it, it open. complicated. So I think I might just sign a deal with like a Foot Locker or Foot Action or East Bay so I can get all the companies. You okay. have a manager? Yeah, yeah. No, I don't know. Nah, I didn't know trainers, you feel me? I don't know, but he does a lot of other shit. All right, I'm just asking, son. I got a $2 million contract. I don't know, man. We can make this money, man. Uh, I always wanted to ask you, man. We never kind of like spoke about it because I know you for a minute now. Mm-hmm. How did this uh, relationship with uh, you and uh, Chris Brown uh, come about? Yeah, so uh, like maybe six years, 2011, 2012, when he first got out of jail, I was in LA working with Melo and JR. And we we're at this party at, at the SLS, and I, I knew he liked basketball. So I'm like, yo, if you ever want to get a workout in, let me know. And he's like, all right, take my number now. Took his number down, texted him, cool. That's it, didn't hear from him. Came to New York like two weeks after that. He hit me. I remember he, he FaceTimed me, and I'm like, Chris Brown. Oh. I swear that caught, picked it up. He said, yo, let's go to the gym. Went to the gym, and then from that moment, like, went to the gym, then we went out, and then, you know, that was like my brother for a long time. That's like someone I'm real close with. You know, everything that you hear publicly isn't true. And the guy's a living legend. No, no, he's iconic. Nah, I don't he's listen iconic. to I don't listen to the media, bro. Eighty percent of the stuff in the media is fake. I said it, man. We gonna appreciate. Uh, people are gonna appreciate Chris Brown when he's no after the facts. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gonna yeah. Be, gonna They're gonna look at him like Michael Jackson. Exactly. He's been doing it for fifteen years at a high level. Yeah, and, and he just hit thirty. No, and he might not even. And he's not even thirty. Yeah, twenty-seven, twenty-eight. That boy not even thirty. And he has hits for 15 years straight. Facts. He started at the Rucker dancing. I was there that yeah, game. Yeah, he was living uptown. You got his autograph? Nah, he was, he was just... <laughs> he definitely got a manager. I'm sure he has a manager. I can't afford none of that, but you feel me? He'd so, be good. Uh, see, How about his album? Is, uh, uh, what are your plans for the summer? This round two of the Black Off stuff. Just make it whatever everyone saw last summer. Just make that times two. Just have it the best summer. I'm going to have you know, 10, 15... High, high, high level NBA guys in the gym every day. And then we'll do open runs, do you know, pick up and just keep them moving. Are you planning to have it at the at the same place? Or yeah, the Scott Forty Second, Eleventh Street, for sure. It's dope gym, it's private, and uh, the, the runs are crazy, for sure. Anything, anything you gotta say like to the high school kids and mm. anybody? Like- yeah, don't feed into the hype. Nowadays, we live in a ranking type world, and these kids are like third, fourth, fifth grade, looking at what do they, what do they rank? It's like the worst it's thing. Crazy, so then, if they rank man. first, you you're hyped for like ten years, and you're only a junior in high school. That's then, the coaches' fault too. Yeah, that, lots of kids in New York they don't make it because they coaches. You know, I don't want to say names, but they get so hyped, and they just don't pan out to be who everyone thought they were gonna be. And now, it's like a thing. Like all college coaches, like I'm not, I'm not recruiting any New York City kids. Because they're gonna have their mindsets gonna be all off, off sense of reality. It's messed up. And that's the OG's fault. That's their fault because they're supposed to be teaching the kids better than what they taught them. But instead, they're trying to do to treat them like NBA players. Exactly, mm-hmm. and that's not how it works. They treat like an NBA player when he walks in, like probably even more. So people go crazy over these kids. That's not good. It's not good. 
sometimes it takes away you think it sometimes it takes away from them just staying focused they just wait. continuing the work yeah they might be like I'm good like I'm su- super respected when I walk out they got the big head and you know nowadays all these agents they're paying the kids when they're young so yeah just stay focused if I had to give advice is stay focused don't feed into the hype and just live like you have nothing and you want to become something and that's something that, that's like a motto I live by I try and like wake up every morning as if I have nothing and I just need to keep building myself you know re- rebuilding yourself that's like that's the name of the game if you can just keep as the culture changes and society changing you need to reinvent yourself otherwise you're gonna fall behind you're lost yeah for sure yeah. so you basically gotta keep evolving for sure yeah. so uh Gabby do you got anything nah I'm good brother Jennings um not much but <laughs> what I would like to say like you're a walking testament of how you can create a a career for yourself mm-hmm. off the court. Yeah. So um, I think that's something a lot of um, young athletes need to pay attention to. For sure. In order yeah. to, you know, make figure out what you want to do. That's one of my big yeah. things that you're saying is like 450 NBA jobs. So if you don't if you don't make it to the NBA, you can still live a good life in the game of basketball mm-hmm. doing what I'm doing. So I want to try and influence the youth and say, you know, if I can't be LeBron James or be in the NBA, then I will try and be like Chris Brickley. Uh, they, there you have it. There you have there you it. Have it. <clears throat> Thank you, C. Brick. Uh, for real. For yeah. coming through, man, and sharing some interesting uh, knowledge, man. For sure. So there it is, man. Oh, let let what? the people know what your social handles yeah, are. Yes, so my socials at C. Brickley six zero three, and then um, at Colorblind's at Colorblind, and then Black Ops is at Black Ops dot basketball. And where could they find Colorblind? Online, online, or? yeah, online. Okay. So, but the, we, we were slow at the start, but we're gonna start having a release every week. So okay. it's gonna start really being out there. Alright, cool. Dope, dope, cool. Man. Dope, there you have it. Dope. The Hey Now podcast episode two with C Brick. So Rizak. Shout out man. to Fame. Shout out to Ike. Shout out to Drew. What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to the Hey Now podcast, a conversation with a bunch of nobodies. Episode two. Man, episode two was a good one. We got a chance to talk, you know, NBA. We got a chance to talk about the UFC. Uh, we got a chance to talk about how school players decommitted from their schools and deciding to go to the G League, you know, um, and see if other players might join that wave. And, you know, we, we had a chance to, to, to have a great discussion with our, with our guest, man, who was C. Brick, you know, Chris Brickley. Um, you know, who I think is a phenomenal trainer. And the reason why I think is he's phenomenal is because he stays true to himself, you know. Um, he doesn't try to do what other trainers, you know, do. Um, he stays in his element. He stays in his world. And um, I really feel we need people like that. Um, and that's 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 what this show is all about, man. Me trying to give give you guys, you know, a sense of that you can do more. You know, that you can be better. Um, and that you can do all that by being yourself. You know, it's all right to be comfortable in your own skin. And <clears throat> I think that's that's one of the main reasons I really started Hey Now. You know, just just being comfortable in who you are, you know, and, and, and really owning that. You know, and I, I really think uh, Chris Brickley is, is, is a person, is, is a true testament to that. You know, so shout out to him um, for coming through and showing us love. 
you know, um, definitely appreciate it, man, my guy, um, and yeah, man, that's episode two, you know, look out for episode three, um, shout out to Fame NYC, shout out to Ike, shout out to Drew, um, shout out to the Hey Now crew, man, we're working, Hey Now. Living mama house, still living off mama I'm living for mama, under the bombers Where I'm keeping a llama, capable of allowing When it comes to the commas, everybody Built for this life, right, till it comes to The drama, stop calling faggots, take them handle Your problem, this a murder on top A murder, 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 Jeffrey Dahmer Spend years getting low from impalas He the year for pigs chasing a collar my friends doubted, thought I wasn't a problem Free poppy, soon as the boy come home and straight to the booth Truly stay with a gem star, right next to his tooth You hang with snitches, I ain't fucking with you Put nothing past them, who knows what them niggas will do Soon as my stomach growl, these niggas is food Always stay focused, that's how real fellas move Stay with a gun and a ski You want them gone, it's gonna cost you a fee I hear you hating on me Things are different now, that's why I move different I'm too sufficient, I observe from a distance So I'm called a dirty for being a chef in the kitchen For the music, built an ambition I hear looking for for the right one, that mean my scheme is